This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Any idea what I'm to face in that ruin? It is heresy to speak of it, for I would have to randomly determine it first, and I'm going to wait until you get there to find out what it is. So no, I can't tell you. Well, hello and welcome back once again to Be Myself and Die. I'm, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thanks so much for joining me. And if you want to help support the show, please do hit like and subscribe. And if you want to help the sh- uh, support the show on Patreon, there's a link for that below. I do want to uh, ask your help, actually. I'm trying to get more eyes on the show. Right now, we have just over 10,000 subscribers at the time of this recording, which is great. Uh, but I want more, more, more. I want more eyes on the show because I think a lot of people would enjoy it. So if you can help me out by sharing it on your, the various social medias or talking about it on games forums or whatever you need to do if you do enjoy the show please do share your uh, your like of the show around the various internets and uh, hopefully we can get our subscribers doubled in the next little while that would be super cool to get 20,000 that would be amazing for me and also I'm currently sitting at about 200 patrons which I thank each and every one of you for helping to continue to support the show and to help me continue to make the show it's a big big help I have a challenge actually if 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 I can get to 500 patrons in the next oh I don't know month or so, if it's possible, then I will release special behind-the-scenes stuff just for the patrons. I've got a whole bunch of ideas of stuff that I want to release for that. But yeah, we'll call it like an unlockable achievement. So that's the goal. If we can double our subscribers uh, on both, both YouTube and Patreon, that would be fantastic. Okay, enough of that. When last we left Edbert. We had a big episode last time where he discovered all kinds of stuff, or rather we discovered all kinds of stuff about what's going on in the background. We discovered that Simon helped Edbert escape the order by knocking him out and putting him in a barrel because he knew that if Edbert stuck around to fight the order in Hundatora, he would be killed and Simon wasn't going to let that happen. What happened to Simon after that is still a mystery. We hope he's still alive. We discovered that the order was basically influencing or almost controlling the local League of Free Lords down here because they were able to protect them from the depredations of a fierce ghost ship that has been plaguing these waters. And the Order, being who they are, have ways of mitigating the damage and and kind of staving off the worst of the, the ghost ship's attacks. So that was the exchange that they made in order for the League of Free Lords to help the Order find Edbert, because of course they're after Edbert for the death of Sherilyn, of which he is not guilty, but they don't really know that, or believe it, or whatever the case may be. We also know that the treasure of Nicola's is something called the Soul Cage, which we don't know all the details about. We, we know that it it twists reality and that it somehow controls spirits, or it all has to do with necromancy and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously of great interest to Edward. And we know that Edward, before he lost his memory and woke up on the shores of that island in episode one, was trying to track down this treasure. So maybe that's the reason why he was on this island and the, the, the drunken ghoul was nearby. That is as of yet unclear. But as it stands now, Edbert has 
vowed to help Captain Nicola find the Soul Cage if he is allowed to use the Soul Cage first in order to free himself of the haunting of Sherilyn, who still has not yet returned, but fear not, or rather fearful, <laughs> for I believe she will at some point. Nicola agreed to that, but first they had to go to the town of Dengmarsh, where they needed to refit and recrew and rename the uh, Grey Mariner, which they took from Captain Greta, who was still a prisoner on board the vessel. When they got to the inn of the Singing Demon, Edbert learned that the Order had infiltrated the local population here, or at least a portion of it, to keep their eye open for a man of his description, because Vale had been seen here before with a local lord, uh, the, the Lord Captain uh, Townsend, who was part of the League of the Free Lords, so apparently she's in, in cahoots with him to that. So the barmaid in the tavern recognized who Edward was and went to go tell the owner, who immediately sent two of these big thugs through the crowded tavern in the early evening, trying to get to Edward, and that is where we left off. So before we continue on, there will be no experience points because we kind of were sort of in mid-adventure, so to speak, right now. But we're going to add some new NPCs and threads uh, from the last game. So we're adding the NPCs, Lord Captain Townsend, and we're also adding the ghost ship, for that is now a major player in the game. We're going to name that ghost ship right now. So we are going to go to GM Miscellany Wilderness Dressing for our pirate name. The Crimson? The Crimson Viper. Oh, I like that. The Crimson Viper. That goes well with the whole Serpent's Teeth Island thing. However, there are uh, new threads help Nicola retrieve the Soul Cage uh, we added last time. And that's basically it. All the other stuff that happened basically contributes to existing threads, so there's no new threads. However, the Chaos Factor is going to go up to five. Edbert is the top of this new scene. In this crowded tavern in early evening, where the two thugs are pushing their way through the crowd after him, he knows that obviously they're in the pay of the Order, so he wants to get out of here. I don't think he's going to stick around and fight. But before we do anything, let us see if the scene is altered or interrupted. Five or less. Ten. Okay, it is not. So, Edbert, in fact... Uh, I think he sees them coming through the crowded room. He was moving towards the bar when he saw this happen. I don't think he got that far, so I think he's going to turn around and try and get out the front door before these guys can get there. So this is going to be a very simple sort of contest of muscle rolls. So Edbert's role is, uh, Edbert's muscle skill is six. Uh, these guys are big bouncers. I'm going to give them a muscle score of eight. So basically they want to roll under, but whoever gets the highest... Uh, if they succeed, wins the contest to see who can get to who first. Basically, if Edward wins, he gets to the door first, which gives him a little uh, a little bit of breathing room to decide what to do when he's outside. Uh, but if they win, they're going to intercept him before he gets to there. And what do we have? Oh, look at this. Their skill was eight. They rolled a nine, which is a fail. His was six, which is four, which means he succeeds. He... That's actually good, because I don't have to change the setup now. <laughs> he bursts out of the tavern, pushing his way through this fella on the stairs and making his way down here. Now, here's the thing. We know that Nicola and Wyndham are not on the docks right now. The docks are still quite busy, so there's a lot of people, but it's tapering off. You know, evening is coming in. Uh, the sun has pretty much fully set at this point. So he looks around, and I... What are the odds that Wyndham and Nicola are done their business at the shipwright? Chaos rank 5, I'm going to say very unlikely. Is Nicola and Wyndham... Around 25% of the chance of a yes, 35 no. So they are not around. They're still conducting their business. Edward is unfamiliar with the docks district area, so he does not know where to find them. But he knows that these two big thugs are coming 
out the door any minute now so he has to get out of here now along here there's a bit of a boardwalk with a couple of other little outbuildings uh probably one of those those boat warehouse areas is like a is, is the shipwrights area but he doesn't know so the place is called Deng Marsh which means that the whole area is sort of well it's a marsh that's a swamp and I think that there's a, a thick swampy jungle kind of behind the the whole area I think maybe the area along the the shore here is the only remotely stable place but even so I, these these buildings are, are a lot of them are built on, on big stilts and things like this moss and ivy and lichen and everything climbing their way up the the, the posts and the pillars uh, sort of a low fog, a low, uh, a humid fog rolls its way along the area. But I think that that's going to provide Edward an opportunity to hide from these guys because he doesn't want to fight them. He doesn't want to have to deal with this at all. He's going to try and move his way, splashing into the waters of the fetid swamp and moving his way back behind the in to see if he can hide from these guys. These two big thugs come bursting out of the door, looking around for any sign of him, and they're running down to the dock area to see where he is. Scanning the dock, they can see that he's not there. So here's the question. As Edward is splashing his way back behind the inn, trying to hide in the swamp from these guys, does he do it? Let's find out. Edward's stealth is not great. It's five. I'm gonna give these guys an alertness of Four. That makes sense. So once again, competing roles. Is Edward able to hide from these guys in the swamp? Fives and fours is our numbers here. Well, they both succeeded, but Edbert got the highest, which means that Edbert splashes through the low fog of the swamp into the fetid murky water, sort of up to his knees kind of thing, slogging through it as these guys realize that there's only one place he could have gone because they look left, they look right down the boardwalk, he's nowhere to be seen. They know they're hot on his trail, so they splash off into the swamp behind the inn as well, and they're kind of poking around, looking, I think that because they did succeed, they do see some evidence that he did in fact go into the swamp, but after a few minutes of looking around, they don't see him. So, at one point they kind of mumble to each other, oh, this is interesting, uh, do they say anything do they say anything of interest that Edbert overhears that might give us some information about the nature of this swamp? What is it? What does he hear the men say? What do the men say? 64. Spy? 27. Spy of a project. Spy a project. So as the men are giving up the search, Edbert overhears them say, Well, we scarfed. I couldn't have got very far. In any event, if we don't get him, the lizard men will. And so Edward hears this, realizes, uh-oh, <laughs> there, there's lizard men in the jungle and, and a spy, spy a project. As the two thugs sort of recede, go recede, recede into the mists and go back towards the inn, Edward sees deeper into the mists, into the swamps. He sees a project. He sees, yeah, he sees, he sees hanging on the lichen-covered trees of the swamp. Again, low fog, low mist rolling everywhere. Nailed onto the various trees, almost like a border marking, are human skulls. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not just a warning, it's also a project, spy a project. So I think, oh, I think what that means is spy a project. Yeah, so Edward sees this and he very carefully approaches to get a better look. And as he does so, he can see that in the mist, in the distance, there is movement. There is something out there in the mist moving. What's the project that the lizard men are working on? Uh, 10. Communicate. 33. Lies. Communicate lies. The communication of a lie? 
and they're setting up a border. Oh, okay, all right. I think that the lizard men here, that they're hiding something. That they're setting up a barrier, they're setting up a warning. They don't want the humans, they don't want the pirates to come onto their territory, which is very close. But they're protecting something and they're they're hiding something. They're hiding their numbers, they're hiding their own, their, they're trying to make themselves appear more fierce than they actually are in order to fully defend their territory. What if they had like, what if the Lizardman had sort of some sort of like shaman that was that was able to like harness the power of illusion or something. So as Edbert is making his way very carefully through the swamp, sort of hiding behind trees and stuff, again, low mist everywhere, very difficult to see, but on these trees, he can see these human skulls and, and strange markings kind of carved into the wood. Obviously there's some sort of markings like warding off invaders or intruders to the land, this kind of thing. Somewhere in the distance here, he sees just a flash of movement as a scaled reptilian humanoid with a spear is basically splashing through the water, but with great speed and agility. Hard to see through the, the mist and the fog, but he sees that. He sees the lizard man go up to one of the markings on the trees and basically like intone something in a hissing, slithery sort of language. And then emerging out of the mists, comes a gargantuan figure, like a humanoid crocodile, but standing like 10 feet tall kind of thing. And it's slowly moving out of the mist. Well, Edward sees this and thinks, uh-oh, but here's the thing. What Edward doesn't know is that this is in fact an illusion generated by the lizard man shaman to scare off humans. So do are they aware that Edward is on the border and that's why this thing shows up? I think so. By Edward getting close to those markings on the trees out here, it sort of alerted the shaman or alerted something happened that caused the lizard man to be aware of his presence and to manifest this illusion, although he doesn't know it's an illusion, of this thing moving directly towards him in the mists. Edward sees this thing. Now here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, I've never done any kind of magic in this game before. I'm not gonna go into the whole magic system of Dominion Rules right now. Instead, what I'm going to do is, I'm just gonna ask a simple question. Is this illusion able to cause harm if the perceiver of the illusion believes it to be true? Or is it just an illusion that really can, can take no effect in the real world? I don't know. Can the illusion cause harm to the perceiver if the perceiver believes? that the illusion is real. 50-50. This is a 50% chance of a yes. It can. And it's an extreme yes. It's an extreme yes. It can definitely cause harm. Edward sees this creature coming towards him. For all intents and purposes, it's a real creature. <laughs> and it's coming directly towards him as though it, it spied him immediately. Edward sees this thing, he draws his sword and he shouts out to the other figure he knows is waiting in the mist. He shouts out, now just hold on a second. I don't mean to cross into your territory! I'm not an invader, do you understand? Can he persuade? Can he persuade the lizard men to break off their illusory attack to, to basically expel this human invader from their territory? Can he do it using his persuade score? If he doesn't, he's going to wind up fighting this illusion. Remember, to him, for all intents and purposes, it's real. Mm, does he use luck on this? We do have luck points. Yeah, I'm gonna burn a luck, which puts us down to one spare AP, which makes his persuade score seven. Does he persuade the lizard men to not attack him immediately? 
<laughs> he succeeds. So he says this, the creature kind of rears up on its, on its hind legs. It's humanoids usually have hind legs. It roars, this defiant roar, but then kind of stops hissing its forked tongue, you know, constantly going in and out of its reptilian lizard-like head. And emerging from the mists, very cautiously, are three lizard men. And they approach and they kind of take up sort of flanking positions. I think uh, a couple of these guys have, you know, they have spears, but they're also armed maybe with like blow guns or something cool like that. And this shaman lizard man comes up, stands right beside the hideous monstrosity that sits there staring at Edbert with reptilian eyes filled with hatred. And Edbert's still got a sword up, but he's he's assumed sort of like a, a, a more more defensive position, like hey, hey I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to cause trouble here. He successfully persuaded them to not attack him for the moment, but everything will hinge on what happens next. So, before we do anything else, I'm going to go to Maze Rats, and in Maze Rats, I'm going to get a general sense of the personality type of this lizard man shaman who is leading these lizard men. Unfortunately, I don't have any random names for lizard men, at least as far as I know. They might exist somewhere in my many, many supplements. But we'll call him Slista. <laughs> His personality. Serene. So, okay, well, that's good. He's not immediately aggressive or warlike, which is very good news. What is his goal? What is his goal? Uh, one and one. A better life. A better life for his people. So something is going wrong with his people. He's, he's keeping the humans out. He obviously doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust them to find out their secrets. Communicate lie. That's a big thing. He's trying to get a better life for his people. Why? Well, misfortunes. <laughs> what is the misfortune? Five and five. Pursued. He wants a better life for his people. They're pursued by something. Is it the humans? Are the humans hunting them? Well, maybe maybe that will come up in a second, but first, what's a mannerism that this that this shaman has? Five and five. Speechifies? <laughs> okay, he speechifies. If if a lizard could look sort of old and wise, then I think this lizard, this Slista character would look like that. And he holds up his his claw, you know, basically keeping his his soldiers at bay here. Stranger! Take no further steps into the domain of Slista, for you will find only pain and suffering here. Lo, the very pain and suffering that your kind have caused my people these many years. I think they're being actively hunted by the pirates of this island, because the pirates don't like them, don't understand them, that maybe they're hunting them for their pelts, ooh, how horrifying. Whatever the case is, they're being pursued by the pirates, so they're going to see Edward as a total enemy, but he has convinced them that he's not among them. He made that role, and luckily, luckily, the shaman is serene and wants a better life for his people. Now listen, uh, Slista, is it? I'm not looking for a fight. I've got nothing to do with the pirates at Dengmarsh. I'm just passing through, do you understand? But right now, they're as much of an enemy to me as apparently they are to you. So, if you would allow me to lay low in your swamp for a few days, just until things blow over, I'll get back to me ship, and that'll be the end of it. You'll never see me again. The human speaks, but always the tongues of humans are filled with lies, with words of deceit in their round, fleshy mouths. Long have the humans pursued us. If the human says that it is different from its kind, it must prove itself. 
right? Okay. How so? He kind of looks at the big giant monster thinking, Oh, please don't make me fight this thing! How- How is Edward going to be able to prove himself to Slista so that he can camp out here in the swamp for long enough to be able to wait out the time it's going to take Captain Nicola to repair the ship and to get more guys? Because remember, too, Lord Townsend is going to know very soon that Edward is here somewhere. So he's probably going to send guys out into the swamp. But now we know the swamp is probably a very dangerous place to go. I mean, we know that the, the two bouncers from the bar would not go much further into the swamp for fear of the lizard men, and they sort of thought that if Edward's going in there, he's probably dead anyway. So these guys are very dangerous to humans, obviously. What does he need? Is there something Edward can offer him? Well, let's go back to, to Maserat's again. Missions! Wouldn't this be interesting? We'll take a page out of the Iron Sworn book here, and maybe, maybe Slista has some some quest, some vow that uh, he wants Edward to perform in exchange for allowing him to hole up in the swamp until things calm down. What is the mission? Five and six. Ruin. To ruin something. Or, what if there's like an ancient ruin inside the swamp that contains something that Slista wants? This is classic fantasy adventure setup 101. <laughs> the pirate attacks upon Slista's people have become more frequent. There is, in the heart of the swamp, an ancient ruin, a place of great symbolism and magic. Slistar knows of a great power that exists in the heart of the ruin that can be removed and used by lizard folk. However, Slistar and his people do not venture there, for it is considered sacrilege to desecrate the ancient site. You, who are not of our kind, might be able to venture inside and retrieve and reawaken the power that would allow Slistar's people to defend themselves and their territory against the depredations of the humans. For long have we suffered under the yoke of piratical oppression. Speechified. So you want me to go to some forbidden ruin in the heart of this island and grab you something that's going to help you defend yourselves against these pirates. Is that right? Yes, that's about the long and the short of it. And in exchange for doing that, you'll let me ride out the, uh, the hunt for me, which is going on right now in that town. Yes. How far is this ruin? Half a day's travel at most. If the human agrees to it, Slistar's people will get you there safely. But... We cannot cross into the ruin itself, for that is sacrilege. Any idea what I'm to face in that ruin? It is heresy to speak of it, for I would have to randomly determine it first, and I'm going to wait until you get there to find out what it is. So no, I can't tell you. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I guess it's either this or going back and taking my chances with an entire town who has been paid to be on the lookout for me and torn me in to the Order of the Purifying Flame. Frankly, doesn't seem like much of a choice at all. Fine. Lead the way. Let's go. Okay, so that basically ends that scene. Characters. Slista. New thread. Awaken the power in the Swamp Ruin. Chaos Factor is going to go up to six. Because this is not what Edward wanted. <laughs> and so... Slista and some of his 
lizard folk warriors lead Edward deeper into the swamp in order to get to this ancient ruin, the nature of which we will determine once he gets there. What is in this ruin? What's its history? Why is it? Why is it sacrilege for the lizard folk to enter? And what is this power inside that's going to help them basically stave off the humans? And more importantly, is it possible that whatever is in this ruin has something to do with his own personal quest? I think that's highly unlikely, but you never know. The dice will tell, and they will tell next time in the next episode of Me, Myself, and Die. Gotta cut this one short today, folks. Sorry. <laughs> I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. But thank you for tuning in, and as always, if you do enjoy the episode and want to help support the show, please do hit like and subscribe. And also, if you want to join the Patreon, the link for that is below. We are trying to double our subscribers and get our patrons up to 400, 500, something like that, where I will unlock all sorts of wonderful behind-the-scenes stuff. So if you are interested in being part of that, please do check out the links below. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on Me, Myself, and Die.